Hello, Girl Boss Radio listeners. This is your host, Sophia Amoruso. I don't actually talk like that, but sometimes it's fun because I talk a lot. I'm the founder and CEO of Girl Boss, girlboss.com. I wrote the book, coined the word. I'm uh, tooting my own horn. We have a great guest today. She's the founding partner of Female Founders Fund, a new Duggle. Before we get to that, I want to tell you a little bit about the Girl Boss Rally. The Girl Boss Rally is heading back to New York this fall, and this year it's going to be bigger and better than ever. Seriously, that's because it's our very first two-day Girl Boss Rally extravaganza in Brooklyn, and registration is officially open right now. So you'll want to swing by girlbossrally.com to reserve your spot ASAP. And this time around, we're offering new ticket tiers from $30 and up, so you can come by to shop, say hi, and attend the day that works for you, or stay the whole weekend, whatever you choose. I can't wait to see you there. And we promise it will be an incredible weekend filled with inspiring, intelligent, and daring women like Ariana Huffington and Elaine Welteroth. These women will challenge you and empower you to pursue your vision of success. That's G-I-R-L-B-O-S-S-R-A-L-L-Y.com and at Girl Boss Rally on Instagram. And if you want to join the future of Girl Boss, really your future, because Girl Boss is becoming uh, kind of a social network, it's called the Girl Boss Collective. And you can get early access now at collective.girlboss.com. Get excited, guys. Also remember, if you like what you hear in today's show, go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. We'll get to our chat with a new Duggle in just a second, but first, I'm going to talk a little bit about HoneyBook. And I remember when I was building Nasty Gal how difficult it was managing all of the paperwork, emails, and contracts while doing pretty much everything else. And I'm sure you relate if you're a small business owner. You're on your own, and that stuff eats up so many hours that could have been spent building the brand instead. And that's why today's entrepreneurs are so lucky that HoneyBook exists. And because of HoneyBook, you can spend more time doing what you love and less time doing what you don't. HoneyBook, if you don't know, is a purpose-built business management platform for creative small businesses. And they help photographers, designers, event professionals, and other solopreneurs save hundreds, if not thousands, of hours a year by adding time-saving automation into your business. HoneyBook makes it easy to streamline the client process so you never miss a thing. I've been poking around HoneyBook lately because I do a little bit of consulting on the side and I don't know, it's just too much to manage for me. And one of the best features that I've loved is the ability to drop contracts to help you get e-signatures. I don't really have to spend a bunch of time chasing people around with PDFs. And when you create a payment contract, all you have to do is fill in the blank with your rates, company name, etc., and then you simply send it to your client to e-sign and you're done. Otherwise, that would be huge time suck and out-of-pocket costs. And now with HoneyBook, it's now affordable and easy. And that's why for a limited time, Girlboss Radio listeners can get 50% off the first year of HoneyBook with promo code GIRLBOSS. HoneyBook membership includes unlimited access to all features at one low monthly price. So go to HoneyBook.com today and use promo code GIRLBOSS to get started. Again, that's HoneyBook.com, promo code GIRLBOSS. Success. It's such a complicated idea, and yet for so long we've all collectively subscribed to a single definition of the word, which was likely given to us by a white-haired dude somewhere in a boardroom in the 1960s. And there's nothing wrong with that definition, with the notion of climbing a corporate ladder with a singular focus. But it's time to make space for a few other definitions, for side hustles and well-being and failing forward, and for the idea that success is a wild ride, not the destination at the end of it. 
Join me for a journey into the lives of women who are redefining success and paving the way for others with grit and grace. I'm Sophia Amoruso, the founder and CEO of Girl Boss Media, and this is Girl Boss Radio. Anu Duggal is an entrepreneur and venture capitalist. Anu began her tech career as co-founder of Exclusively.in, a private sale e-commerce company, and later moved on to become the CEO of Dunya, which is a dance, fitness, and media company. These days, Anu is the founding partner of Female Founders Fund, an early-stage fund investing in technology companies started by women. I think ultimately what really drives change in the venture capital industry, as in any financial asset class, is returns. And I think that what we've seen over the past four or five years from an evolution perspective is that the VC industry, I think, has has recognized that, you know, there are going to be large scalable companies that are built by women. And if you ignore that demographic, then you have you'll be potentially missing out on on great returns. Female Founders Fund has invested in some of the fastest growing female-led startups nationwide, including Eloquy, who reports say is being acquired, Way Up, Zola, Primary, Thrive Global, which is Ariana Huffington's company, and more. What we've seen as a fund, which has been really interesting, is that, you know, as as female investors often we we look at things as consumers as well, personal consumers. And so, you know, we recently invested in an astrology app. We've invested in the Dollar Shave Club for, for women. And so these are opportunities where we've invested in these founders very early, in some cases pre-launch. And often the conversations they've had with male investors have just not been as fruitful. In 2018, Anu was included in Fortune's 40 Under 40 list. She's been praised for her impact in diversifying venture capital. Additional distinctions include Business Insider's ultimate list of female startup investors and getting named to the top four venture firms investing in women. Today, she's here to share how to pitch VCs, what kind of entrepreneurs she looks out for, and how to get in touch with somebody like her. So let's get to it now. Here's my talk with Anu Duggal. Something I like to ask everybody that comes on Girl Boss Radio is, what is your first job, right? We all have a first job, um, and it could be babysitting, maybe it's washing dishes, maybe it's, yeah. you know, working in an amazing, you know, business while you're in school. Some people, you know, for some people it's younger, some people it's older. What was your first job? Um, so I think it, it depends on how you define first job. Um, my first memory of um, of working was probably a lemonade stand, um, and that was at the age of, I call it nine or ten. Um, and you know, I I used to every summer um, set one up with my little sister and. Um, I think it amused my parents because obviously it kept me busy and, and her busy. But but I would say that's kind of the earliest memory I have. In addition to that, I would say just um, during during high school, I kind of did the free internship at a consulting firm. I worked at a restaurant. Um, so really kind of tried everything um, during during those summers. And And you got an MBA at some point. Yes, I did. I went to uh, London Business School um, and got a got an MBA from there. And do you recommend that? Is that something that you think has helped you a lot in your career? I mean, you're a venture capitalist, so I imagine 
probably yes. But what do you think about higher education as a whole? And what would your who would you recommend, you know, to go to business school? Yeah. So, I mean, I think it really depends on the the stage that you're in in your career and your longer term goals. I think that, you know, if you are at a point where you've been in a career and you're, you want to try something else, it's a, it's a great two-year – it can be a great two-year opportunity to explore different industries. I think for entrepreneurs, you know, the most – for me, at least, the most relevant part of it has definitely been thinking about how that network can contribute, you know, as you think about your new ventures and 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 just expand your your broader network. Um, so I, I just think it depends on on how you're how you're thinking about longer term career goals and and the stage at at which you are in your career. What are the different kinds of things that most people get into when they get an MBA? Because we've actually talked a lot about business school here. And I've been, you know, I was looking into hiring a chief of staff. And now I'm thinking maybe we just need a couple MBA interns. And, you know, there's so many different. You can go into consulting. You can go into finance. What are the types of careers that most of your peers in business school went off to do? So I would say most traditional um, MBA graduates um, lean towards either a career in finance or in consulting and, you know, somewhat more um, as a generalist. So I I think your point on, you know, bringing in a chief of staff or a COO, an MBA really provides you with, I think, a a strong background um, that's that's relevant for those types of um, opportunities. Anu told me about her career leading up to the Female Founders Fund. She shared the most impactful parts of the journey and how it led to where she is today. Sure. So I would say the most most immediate to Female Founders Fund uh, for me was co-founding an e-commerce company in India where think of it as guilt for Indian products, taking Indian retail brands, fashion, jewelry, home decor, and uh, making them accessible online for the first time outside of India. And through that experience, you know, it was really a roller coaster ride. The company, you know, we, we hired uh, at one point had 150 employees. We raised $20 million in funding from Tiger and Excel. And it was really my first experience in fundraising and seeing the disparity um, or the disconnect between the investors we were talking to and and myself as a female founder, as well as our primarily female audience. So I think for me, you know, it, it was an introduction into tech entrepreneurship. And and I think it's a very addictive career path. And second, it was fairly eye-opening in terms of, you know, I think the venture capital industry over the past, um, call it two, three years, has definitely evolved with newer funds and and um, diverse fund managers. But for me, um, at that point, it was kind of a wake-up call that this this is, you know, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a discrepancy here. And so you, was it just after that that you decided to start Female Founders Fund? Or was there something that you did that led you to Female Founders Fund? So after that, I started doing, I moved back to New York, started doing some angel investing and just got introduced to some fantastic female founders. And a lot of them had really relevant backgrounds. They'd worked at um, large tech companies like Amazon, Google, Facebook, and had great ideas that were relevant. You know, they they were really using their their insights as both professionals as well as consumers and and I think had opportunities that were very much venture scalable. But obviously if you can't get your first round of capital raised, then you know your chances of of uh, demonstrating success are, are somewhat limited. And so that really for me was the the aha moment where 
I thought that there was a real opportunity here to not just be an advisor or an investor, but to create a firm that uh, that really spoke to this market opportunity where if you are a great female founder, we want it to be the first place that you came to when you were looking for that initial round of capital. And so you've invested in a lot of really interesting businesses. And I just heard recently Eloquiz being yes. acquired for yes. $100 million? And So we can't comment on, okay. um, Speculation. on that as of yet. Um, but there was some exciting news yesterday. So Eloquy has something is interesting, and what was the other one that has had has has had recent activity? Maven um, Clinic. Maven just raised. Yes, that was a twenty seven million dollar round. Yeah. Um, led by Sequoia. Yeah, and so she's been on the podcast, uh, Kate. Oh, wonderful, Kate's yeah. awesome. Yeah, she's been on Girl Boss Radio. I love what they're doing. Their product is so beautiful. I want to talk about her fund, Female Founders Fund. She's a venture capitalist, and she talked about how long she's been doing it and what she's learned so far. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, um, you know, if you rewind five years ago, 2014, when, when I started the fund, the landscape was very different in terms of investors who who were kind of excited about this thesis. I think ultimately what really drives change in the venture capital industry as in any financial asset class is returns. And I think that what we've seen over the past four or five years from an evolution perspective is that the VC industry, I think, has has recognized that, you know, there are going to be large scalable companies that are built by women. And if you ignore that demographic, then you have you'll be potentially missing out on on great returns. And you see that in the case of Katrina Lakes going public with Stitch Fix. You see that with, you know, Eventbrite and some of the other um, recent large um, financings that were announced. And so what we've seen that I think has been really interesting, firstly, is that, you know, you're seeing almost all of the large venture funds based in the Valley bring on a female partner. And I think they're recognizing that, that that's a first step in terms of, demonstrating their their you know their interest in attracting this demographic i think secondly what we've seen as a fund which has been really interesting is that you know as as female investors often we we look at things as consumers as well personal consumers and so you know we recently invested in an astrology app we've invested in the dollar shave club for for women and so these are opportunities where we've invested in these founders very early in some cases pre launch and often the conversations they've had with male investors have just not been as fruitful and i think coming to us we've we've really been able to hone in on what what the need and the opportunity is. And, you know, obviously, these companies are still early. We've invested at the seed stage, but it's exciting to see their traction and their growth because they are they are speaking to customer needs that uh, that I think in in some cases, male investors may not have identified. Um, and so I think a lot of people don't understand what venture capital is. What is because there's all kinds of investing. Venture capital is one place you can put your money. And so also worth understanding, I think, is that you may have some of your money in your in your fund. I'm not sure if you do or even if that's legal, but generally funds are paid for by limited partners who are these people with a lot of them. We're all kind of working for somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's like, you have to go raise money in the same way that you're the people you invest in Absolutely. have to go raise money. What was it like raising a fund for women and getting people to 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 buy into female founders fund? 
Yeah, no, that's a great question. So, I mean, I think um, for the first fund, it was incredibly difficult. Um, you know, it was literally just me as a first-time fund manager that I was asking people to to invest in, and you know, my ability to track deal flow, my ability to pick good deals, and to get into those deals. And so, uh, it was it was very challenging. Seven hundred meetings to raise that first fund, seventy investors. And I would say that even with our second fund that we recently closed, it, it's still challenging. I think institutional investors, um, this is just a new opportunity for them. And I think it's going to take time for them to get comfortable with the fact that you can have a portfolio that's 100% female founders and deliver great returns. No one's done that before. Quick announcement time this week. We launched one of our coolest collaborations yet, Uber Pitch. Do you have a genius business idea? I think you might. Or a venture that's already up and running but could use some funds to take it to the next level? Head to girlboss.com Uber and submit your proposal now. There's more than $200,000 in prize money at stake, not to mention invaluable mentorship connections you'll make in the process. Good luck. 